0: Welcome to the first episode of Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is Wes Bertrand.
1: And this is Kevin Koskela.
0: And did you have any nightmares or bad (laughs) dreams last night, Kevin?
1: Yeah, actually, I did. I had Mm. a dream that I was uh, at a concert, a rock concert, and it was at a small club. And uh, I was making eyes with the drummer. It was a female. And Mm -hmm. they ended up going on break, and then she came over to me. We were talking for about two minutes, and then uh, she asked for my number. Really? Yeah, it was a big shock.
0: Did she make you do any push-ups? to get get that
1: number no no actually
0: (laughs) or did you make her do any push-ups that's the question
1: uh nobody was doing any push-ups it was all a big hurry and then i left the bar and um was walking around town for a little while and then i realized like i needed to find her and i was on this mission to go find her again and i couldn't remember where the bar was
0: and then you ended up on a super marathon trying to find her
1: exactly and it was like two in the morning
0: in sandals
1: (laughs) of course (laughs) why would you wear running shoes
0: yeah that relates to a segment on the daily show where John Stewart interviewed a guy that's got a book out about these supermarathoners or ultramarathoners down in Mexico, right? Right, right. They somehow eluded the conquistadors way back when, unlike the Aztecs and the Mayans that got slaughtered by the uh, invading Spaniards. But these guys apparently are really healthy, and they run these ultramarathons and maintain a healthy lifestyle. I'm not sure how much hard evidence there is on this, but it's an intriguing idea.
1: they avoid cancer. I mean, they have a really low rate of cancer Mm -hmm. and low rates of heart disease, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive.
0: But it reminds me of this uh, blog post I saw on mindhacks.com titled, Like Running Through Hell. It relates the scientific research that shows that there is uh, trauma experienced by people who do really long endurance activities. They experience extremely high levels of the stress hormone cortisol. And apparently these psychologists uh, noted that the cortisol levels recorded just 30 minutes after a marathon, have been found to be similar to those in soldiers during military training and interrogation, rape victims just after the attack, severe burn injury patients, and first-time parachute jumpers. So, obviously, high cortisol levels, not a good thing for anti-aging and related diseases, right?
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like it is. And there's a lot more healthy things that you can do with your exercise and health overall. So I think that's a good segue into uh, this article that we wanted to talk about. It's been kind of heating up in the mainstream, and um, I keep hearing people talking about it. And it's from Time Magazine. And the title of the article is called Why Exercise Won't Make You Thin. And it was uh, actually came out on August 9th, so it's pretty recent. So I'm just going to read the first paragraph, and we can talk about that. Why Exercise Won't Make You Thin. Could pushing people to exercise more actually be contributing to our obesity problem? In some respects, yes. Because exercise depletes not just the body's muscles, but the brain's self-control muscle as well, many of us will feel greater entitlement to eat a bag of chips during that lazy time after we get back from the gym. This explains why exercise could make you heavier, or at least why even my wretched four hours of exercise a week aren't eliminating all my fat. It's likely that I am more sedentary during my non-exercise hours than I would be if I didn't exercise with such Puritan fury. If I exercised less, I might feel like walking instead of hopping into a cab. I might have enough energy to shop for food, cook, and then clean instead of ordering a satisfyingly greasy burrito.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So there seems to be a dichotomy set up there, that when you exercise... You end up getting hungry and binging on various things that aren't so good for you. But when you're not exercising like a maniac, then you can practice more self-control. The self-control muscle that's mentioned at the beginning seems to be something that uh, is the sticking point here. And, of course, there's views on the other side of this article, too. There are some uh, fitness and weight loss gurus out there that take a position that seems to be focused on the other side of the equation, which is mental control, and that exercise actually does create weight loss, but it's just about self-discipline. So where do you think the truth lies in all these matters of uh, weight loss through exercise?
1: Well, it's actually a a couple of things. I mean, I'll read the conclusion here before I comment. It says, in short, it's what you eat not how hard you try to work it off that matters more in losing weight. You should exercise to improve your health, but be warned. Fiery spurts of vigorous exercise could lead to weight gain. I love how exercise makes me feel, but tomorrow I might skip the VersaClimber and skip the blueberry bar that is my usual post-exercise reward. So, yeah, it, it does come down to, and it talked about this in our book, The Healthy Mind Fit Body. It comes down to nutrition is the most important thing. There's no doubt about that. And that's where this article does get it right that you need to focus on nutrition. You know, the idea that exercise is bad is not really true either, but they do give a lot of evidence to support the fact that if you just are sticking with exercise alone and kind of ignoring your nutrition or really not concentrating on your nutrition, you're missing a lot of it. And then it comes down to the other side of it is the psychology. Um, You can actually exercise and lose weight and eat a really bad high-carb diet, but uh, how long is that going to last?
0: Yeah, it's not going to be the healthy route to take. And again, this is the dominant myth. That's why we want to start out this first podcast of Healthy Mind Fit Body, talking about weight loss through exercise and what the evidence shows on both sides, because some people will forward a notion opposite of what Time here has said, that If you exercise rigorously and you stick to a proper diet, whatever their proper diet is supposed to be, then you will lose weight. And it seems like that is reflected in the National Weight Control Registry did a report in 2008. And they said that the people that were able to keep the pounds off were the ones that were in the highest exercise group. So that's obviously a a sample of people that are mentally disciplined as well as physically fit. But are there other ways to maintain your weight loss and to actually initiate weight loss? And this is where a new way of looking at nutrition comes in, because most people are saying to eat the high-carb, low-fat diet or something resembling the traditional diet of the food pyramid and now my pyramid. And it basically locks a large segment of the population into these weight loss issues because they are unable to effectively deal with the carbohydrates that they're eating, even if there are these good, complex carbohydrates that people are saying they should eat. And what it does is it results in a lot more insulin secretion, and that results in fat increase and keeping the fat locked into those cells as long as you've got that insulin in your blood. Um, I know this because I'm type 1 diabetic, so I inject insulin every day, and I know exactly how much insulin goes in and is required from the carbs that I eat and I can see direct results if I pump more insulin in me because that is a storage hormone. It stores the excess glucose as fat. Now the excess glucose of course is coming from the intake of carbohydrates and most of these weight loss and fitness gurus will say you just need to exercise more. You need to change this equation of calories in calories out to make up for that deficit of exercise from the excess calories.
1: Right. And I definitely used to believe that I swam competitively in college and my diet was probably 80% carbohydrates at that point. And uh, I came out of college and I had a little gut because I really thought that, uh, you know, all I had to do was work out really hard and I could eat whatever I wanted. But that really doesn't last very long. Most people, when when they get out of their 20s, they pretty much uh, have to start really looking at their diet or they're going to gain weight. And so what that comes down to, a lot of also is addictions and addictions to carbohydrates. And I would say that most people in general are addicted to carbohydrates, wouldn't you?
0: Yes, absolutely. And there's groups probably in that National Weight Control Registry, the group of uh, high exercisers, they're probably addicted to exercise too. They're on this treadmill, if Mm -hmm. you will, a figurative and actual literal treadmill that says if they don't exercise, then they're not going to lose the weight. And that's kind of the setup that's made by the nutrition and dietitian industry that there's this constant battle between calories in and calories out. And people end up eating something that's not good. And then they say, oh, my God, I've got to exercise X amount to burn off those calories I just consumed. And it's easy to fall off the treadmill there because it's easy to eat so many calories that you would have to run an ultra marathon (laughs) to get back to that racing in order to burn those calories off. So people just give up and they say, oh, I can't do that.
1: Yeah, whereas if you kind of moderate your exercise and you're exercising most days of the week and you're also eating a healthy, balanced diet that's not high in carbs, it's you know, higher in fat and protein and lower on the carbs, then it's easy actually to get back on track if you slipped. If you had a day where you ate mostly carbs and you ate a lot of bad stuff, um, it's actually pretty easy to get right back on track just with the eating. It definitely feels good to have a little workout in after a day of eating badly, but it's uh, more important that you get back on track with the eating and you're only one meal away from being on track so if you you know if you blew it and you had a big piece of cake one night well you can start over the next day and uh that's where you're going to keep your weight off and not get on the uh, proverbial treadmill
0: yeah so obviously we are in favor of exercising it's a key component to More than just weight loss, or other than weight loss, is to keep your your mind fit. And there was an article on Scientific American titled Fit Body, Fit Mind Your Workout Makes You Smarter. How can you stay sharp into old age? And their claim is that through exercise, you know, it increases blood flow and nutrient flow and affects your mental attitude basically by expending energy, whatever it may be. Obviously, the ultra marathoners or marathoners or people that do high-endurance stuff are counteracting that with excess cortisol secretion. But people that do moderate exercise experience these personal benefits and cognitive enhancement. So the basic idea is that what you do affects your mental well-being. Staying physically and mentally active helps us stay sharp as we age. So in terms of a lifestyle exercise, whether you do it every day or three times a week or just twice a week, it's going to help your whole lifestyle, basically, what you're doing for your body. And the idea of a healthy mind fit body is to be eating the right things and exercising when you have time and when you think it's going to be beneficial for you and keeping all these things in perspective, which relates to the psychology of this. Because if you have a mindset that is focused on these details of calories in, calories out, how much exercise do I have to do, all this stuff, you're losing sight of The main notion, which is, how do you relate to yourself and your own wants, your own desires? If you uh, go on an eating binge, that's kind of indicative of having some unaddressed issue inside yourself because you know on some level that this is not a good behavior to do, right? Mm -hmm. But people are doing it for a variety of reasons, and those are emotional reasons. And in order to understand those emotions you really have to introspect. And that's one of the main purposes we wrote the book, Healthy Mind, Fit Body, because you're unable to really resolve all those emotional issues if you don't introspect, if you don't look at, from a psychotherapeutic point of view, if you will, all those issues that can reach back through into childhood, actually. When people learn how to eat certain things or don't eat certain things and develop certain habits, they have a hard time overcoming, essentially. And there's tons of gurus and experts and all that out there that will tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. But those are all kind of external injunctions. You really need to focus inside yourself and ground yourself in your own understanding of where your emotions are coming from. And the seven-day program we have at the end of the book is really, really beneficial for doing this, to explore all those subtleties in your subconscious mind, your thoughts and feelings to come to terms with all of these different behavior patterns that you see in yourself and, of course, the self-image issues, too.
1: Yeah, right. And just to wrap up on this article, the Time Magazine article, in that first paragraph that I read, the last sentence, they're promoting the idea of instead of thinking about exercising a ton to lose weight, think about eating healthy and doing you know the little things like walking instead of driving or... He says, uh, I might have enough energy to shop for food, cook, and then clean instead of ordering a satisfyingly greasy burrito. But I'm saying you can have it all because there's things like that. Like my mind wants a satisfyingly greasy burrito every now and then, but you just got to be smart about it. I mean, you can have that. And, you know, a lot of the problems with like the burritos is the thing that it's wrapped in the, the flour tortilla. That's what's really killing the nutrition there. But you can have a healthy, satisfying burrito. And you're not cheating yourself and you're actually doing something healthy and you're, you're having what you want. So I think that ties in a little bit with the psychology as well.
0: So yeah, I mean, you're always one meal away from the zone, if you will, of getting back into that sort of lifestyle that you want in terms of maintaining a healthy, fit body or losing the weight because weight loss is the result of burning the fat off. I mean, that's the key is to burn the body fat and not the lean body mass. So as you increase your fat intake and minimize your carbohydrate intake to the point in which, you know, you're eating, I eat less than, say, 100 grams of carbohydrates a day, and that seems to be a reasonable amount. I mean, it's the equivalent of, say, four oranges worth of carbohydrates. And if you eat a lot of vegetables, which you ought to be doing, uh, leafy greens and so forth, there's not many carbohydrates in those, as well as, like, seasonal berries, blueberries, and strawberries, and raspberries, and all those kinds of things, and even acai. You're not going to get many carbs from those either, but you're going to get a lot of phytonutrients and antioxidants.
1: And as you change your diet, you'll start to gravitate towards some of these healthy foods instead of gravitating towards stuff that's not going to help you. And I don't even count any of my calories. I never look at anything. It's more just getting used to these foods and actually starting to like them.
0: Mm -hmm. And seeing the results on your own body, too. And that relates back to the psychology. So if you want to know more about the psychological aspect, I encourage you to check out the book because that seven-day program is a really great way to explore yourself in a way that you probably won't find in a counseling session with a psychotherapist. They were really formulated by Nathaniel Brandon, and I think he's in partial practice now. But the great thing about them is you can do them on your own. You don't need to go somewhere, to visit with someone else, to help you work through those. I mean, if you're having sticking points, you're always welcome to uh, email us and we can help you out there. Um, But the great thing is that you can do them on your own and they are a way to become more responsible and self-sufficient and just more authentic in your relationship with yourself, with your true self. The person that you are on a fundamental level that has infinite self-worth and doesn't want to damage yourself through eating or excessive exercise and just has a more reasonable view of yourself in the world. So all those resources can be found on, on the website healthymindfitbody.com, which we just got going, and we have, uh, I think, the first blog post on there too. So, Right. So can I still have my cheesecake? You can still have your cheesecake,
1: maybe with some blueberries on top. Yeah, there you go. Great. So... To sign up for the newsletter, we're going to be doing a bi-monthly newsletter. Just go to HealthyMindFitBody.com and put in your name and email, and you'll start getting the uh, newsletter here shortly. hmm And also, we're going to be doing Twitter, so uh, follow us at HealthyMindFitB.
0: Yeah, Twitter's a great way to stay abreast of what's going on on the site and little tidbits that we find in the news and so forth that we think are helpful. And we could do a podcast solely on wood chippers, don't you think, Kevin? (laughs) Because some people listening to this podcast might have noticed something in the background and it actually is a wood chipper that fired up just before we finished the podcast. So, apologize for that, but next time... Eating wood is bad. Eating wood is bad. It's high in fiber, but not much to digest there unless you've got a bunch of... uh, What is it? Termites have a bacteria in them that can digest the uh, wood pulp. Wood is definitely not advisable. (laughs) So when you visit healthymindfitbody.com, there's a bonus audio that we did explaining the three pillars that you can get from the sign-in form on the homepage there. And basically, this podcast is going to be covering those three pillars. So we encourage you to go back and get that audio and listen to that because those are the three principles, proper nutrition, psychological understanding, and motivation as the three aspects to a healthy mind fit body and many of the things that we outline in the book as well. I mean, this podcast is going to be ongoing and deal with people's personal issues as well. I mean, personal stories about what they've achieved and what they're having a hard time overcoming and so forth. And that's the gist of this show. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.
1: Thanks, guys. See you next week.